speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Well, I can't count as him how we normally do it, or we revert back to, to Daniel's uh, discussion that he was doing last week of 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 starting. What did I do last week? Just fucking started along, stealing my lines and trying to pretend you were me. Oh, I just did. I did you a good evening, Vic. I did that the first time. It was just me. I thought that was funny. We go. Good evening, fellow morons. How are we all doing? All good. Good. I bet he's missed me. He's glad to have me back. Uh, I am now back. Um, not quite COVID free. I still have COVID, but I'm past my isolation time, and I feel much better. Um, so glad to be back. Thank you for stepping in, Daniel. Um, even though we did have to cut a big section off of the the first take that he's done with Burnsy using some um, language that should not be repeated throughout the throughout the podcast, but we will have that to share and whenever we want to share it online just to just to have a go at him. It's unsavoury to say the least. Um, <laughs> the, the reviews last week of White Men Can't Jump hitting our top 20 coming in at 19 with a 4.15. Um, the re- revelations of Sean's basketball career coming up as well, um, <laughs> which I've waited until we've started to record to throw out there, boys. That I spoke to a a fellow schoolman of a school colleague of Sean's who who <laughs> a schoolman. What do you call it? What do you call it? A fellow child at the time he went to school who disputed his uh, disputed Sean's claims of being a, a basketball player. Was is this a said person said St Mungo's alumni uh, a giant? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who, someone who, someone who, who also uh, who never went to a basketball club. So I don't know what he's talking about. Oh. So well, it was uh, disputed as absolute nonsense coming from Mister Friel, and they must have been good it? storytelling. All right. Okay. It's no, it's no like him to say black when I say white. Is it? <laughs> that is very true. I'm so I'm the more shocking thing about this is that our friend who is six foot nine. Hey. It, why was he not in basketball club? Surely, hey, surely he, must have, he must have been too tall to get in. Must have been on he a didn't, advantage. He didn't get along with the teacher uh, who ran basketball club, uh, and I'm not going to go into reasons as to why he didn't get along with him. Was that um, Father Gerald? Who's Father Gerald? Is this a, a spotlight type scenario? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought I genuinely thought that's where you were going. Why would that be in a basketball club with a paedophile? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, guys, we've got three minutes into today's recording <laughs> where the, the first nonce reference has happened. So let's swiftly move on from that. Uh, Sean can discuss that offline with his uh, with his fellow school colleague, man, friend, pupil, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But I, I did really enjoy listening to the the, the basketball stories, and um, I reckon well, I'd still beat Sean. No, I, like if there's only one way to find out how good I actually am, 
Bear in mind, I've not played basketball in years, so it'll, it'll take a few layups to get my rhythm back. But I'm more than happy uh, to go down the sports complex and uh, shoot some hoops. I think you should write a few teams asking for a trial, Sean, and then we can come and watch you. That would be better. What was that? You should write to a few teams and see if you can get a trial and we'll come and watch you. That would be, that'd be uh, awesome. I've uh, I've got a bit of a gut the now, so I kind of just rock up and try and get into, into the Falkirk Cosmos. I need, to, <laughs> I need to go and put some, some practice on the court again to get in shape. We need to rock it through something about this, right? So we need to either set up some sort of two-on-two with us or, or get Dave involved. Now, I feel now Dave should be involved. And uh, we get three teams of two for the white men can't jump two on two tournament. We've been trying to organise a game of poker for six months. Make sure we're going to get a game of basketball on the go. <laughs> we haven't six months now. Six, six years. What about the AGM? I've still got the AGM to do actually for the fantasy. We'll get the we'll do it. The, the AGM, the poker, and the basketball. We can make a day. Yeah. Aye. Aye, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that. Was that was good. The death pool. <laughs> Definitely, I lasted about a week. <laughs> I think everyone's still alive. funny. Big Andy, my mate, he picked Vern Sawyer, oh, and yeah. we all just decided halfway through, <laughs> let's just spend all the money on Pakora and like starters <laughs> for the Indian because we thought nobody would win, and then he fucking won. So we're like, uh, oh well, tell sorry, him Andy. Tell him thanks for the Pakora, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> well. It was a really enjoyable story. It was it was quite funny sitting in the background here listening to it and typing away uh, and chipping when I could. But uh, I top I top twenty to come back to my original point and then uh, Cool Hand Look, the one of the most disappointing movies I've watched in a very long time, scoring a two point four coming in at eighty first alongside such um, blockbuster movies like Hocus Pocus. Um, so yeah, guys, it was a really good listen to last week and uh, a welcome break from my from my talking for a while. But this week we have got Boys in the Hood and Back to the Future. Can you remember what the category was that landed us with these two movies? It was two thousand. But then the one we came up with was we picked a movie from every year from ninety nine backwards. So we had sixteen films. I think the earliest was eighty four. Okay, so Boys in the Hood, we will talk about first of all. Uh, Boys in the Hood came out in 1991, um, follows the life of three young males living in the Crenshaw ghetto of Los Angeles, dissecting questions of race, relationship, violence and future prospects. We're going to come to our um, Mr Knowledge, Burnsy, who's going to kick us off with his thoughts on Boys in the Hood, which I'm assuming is a first watch. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd even heard that. So it's a rhetorical <laughs> question that usually burns it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be you'll be in completely shocked if I said the hood. See if you said I, they just ended the podcast. Like fuck it, done. Off. <laughs> um, I going into it, I thought I was gonna not enjoy. It. I think it was it was okay for me. Um, I thought the film did a good way of taking you on a journey with Trey. Um, and I thought the actor. Uh, was classed throughout it. Uh, at the start, where he has to, like, when he's obviously as a school child or a pupil or whatever ne- nonsense that you came up with earlier, Kelp, or what his friend would be called. <laughs> but, um, I, it was, it was, 
I didn't expect him to obviously ch- change enough to go and stay with his father and whatever, but I think that definitely helped the film. If you just had him living with his mother, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have progressed in the same way, even if she was in the same um, neighbourhood as what it turned out his father was living in. Uh, I thought his dad was was uh, also very good throughout it. Um, obviously taught him to try to teach him life lessons, and you got a bit of bit of insight into his home life um, until obviously it skips seven years into the future, which. When that happened, I was kind of like, I don't like films that I think it was kind of, I think it was Hunter was talking last week how you want more and more background about films and characters. So when that happened, I was, I was thinking I'm going to enjoy this more because it's just skip, it's skipping that many years. But <clears throat> I think how the film progressed, that definitely helped. There wasn't really, there was, you wouldn't have probably got that much out of it. Just you wouldn't have got much of having like a wee bit in each year or something like that. So, um, I think when it got when it went through that far into the future as well, is quite often in films I get confused about who's who, whereas in the scene where they've got the barbecue, the film did a really good way of reminding you who was who just by even just by saying each other's names and things like that. It was something so simple, but I didn't feel lost at any stage of it. Um gave you a good insight into his his personal life with his girlfriend and and also how his brothers um, sorry, how Ricky's brother and him are uh, the guy at Ricky and I can't remember what his brother's name was, but how those two are sort of poor opposites. Oh boy, uh, oh boy, that's it. Um, I thought I, I pretty much I did kind of quite enjoy it. I think like the gang culture films and that they're not really for me, and I did think the film was quite dated. It did, it did feel as if it was, say, was it? 20 years ago, longer than that, 30 years ago. Yeah, I, did feel as, I did feel as if it was kind of quite, it was quite dated. Um, the bit I thought a bit weird though was like, see how obviously when Ricky gets shot and they just like carry his body back home, like just put his blood sodden body just on the couch. <laughs> then I think, oh, we've got a phone somebody. Like, oh, I'm taking uh, the to emphasise the point that like when you live in like the hood, as since it's boys in the hood, but like mm-hmm. living in the hood, an ambulance isn't going to, is, an ambulance is going to come to you last. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know already and it's ingrained in the culture not to phone the police. And I mean, they would probably get somebody in a car to drive up to a hospital rather than phone an ambulance because. Aye, well, that's what I was sort of think going to add as well. It's like they did sort of point to that when obviously there was a shooting at the start at. Um, Trey's father's house and then when he gets um, stopped by the police as well and they're kind of just like assholes towards him so I did kind of think maybe that was that was why but it just seemed a bit just seemed a bit random obviously just putting him on the putting him on the uh, couch and then just being like uh, shouting on his mum and his wife and be like oh there you go uh, your son and your husband's deep by the way but also that goes back to like how they've not got any not got any technology back then to actually communicate with each other probably as well. So, um, just to just to interject a little bit. See when they like when you think back to that culture and Daniel talking about like the ambulance and stuff would be their last. There's a couple of bits where if you think when they were kids and they, they just knew there was a dead body lying in these bushes mm-hmm. and they go across and they're they're admiring it to an extent and then the other guys are there and they're like yeah we know he's dead fucking leave him like mm-hmm. it's just it just just it was part it was not a shocking thing and then also. They've wanted to get the body back to a 
what would be their safe place so that they can then go and get their retribution mm-hmm. for it as well. So it was all about getting the body there, giving it to the mum, the partner, well, and then, right, yeah. they're, they're, then they're going to go and deal with mm-hmm. what's just happened. And it's, it was uh, for me, that was probably the whole best part of the film because you've got that part where um, Trey goes through so many different emotions between mm-hmm. his best friend slash brother's just being murdered. Then he wants his, he wants to get his like get it back, and then his dad talks him out of it. And then he flips back again, and he's just going through so many different parts. Um, it, yeah, it was a, a really strong bit. But sorry to interrupt you there, Bunzi. No, um, no, I think you make a good point about how you did feel sort of more emotionally involved with the characters as it went through as well, and it was the ending was quite interesting in terms of them obviously going up wanting revenge and then how Trey sort of backs off it which worked for his character because he, he didn't really belong there like obviously the film changed it so that he wasn't there um i thought it was it was decent i don't think it was it's not something i would go back and watch um but as i say that's probably because of partly what the film's about more than and i can pro i can see why i don't know what obviously you think but i i could see why people would really like this kind of film um but it's not just the kind of kind of ones that i would turn i would turn on and think right i'm really going to enjoy this um, lo- no, that's all. so go on there's loads and loads of different stories going on through this film it's what one of the things i really really like about it because you've got um trey's character who would be what class is the main character excuse me of the movie um but the more interesting character is i think the ricky character is more interesting because it's about like this athletic ability that he's got and he really tries to get to make something of himself. But he's also in a household where he's got the complete polar opposite of his brother. Mm. But then the mum doesn't hide the fact that the, she the, these are two different boys completely and she's got a preference to one. The, one's a failure and he gets told all the way, even for being a kid, that he's a fat waste of space and he'll never amount to anything. And then his little brothers and the, the, Ricky's getting all the all the props for his mum, and even when they had that fight out in the middle of the garden, um, which Ricky, to an extent, starts. And then, I, because he's frustrated and he's angry and he's got all these other emotions going on, but Doughboy gets smacked for it. And then mm-hmm. when, they bring, when they bring the body back into the room, it's Doughboy's fault as well, which, uh, for me, I was so confused watching that part because I was trying to think back to what kicks it off as... They, I, I don't know the name of the guy that does it, but the guy that shoulder barges into him, which is like the dick measuring thing that guys do. And mm. then he's, Ricky's like reacted to defend himself, but he's big, he's big brother, I don't know if, if, what the age gap is between them, but the, the big brother's jumped out with a gun who's ready yeah. to defend his, his brother mm-hmm. to the end, which then starts this whole thing that moves on. But he still gets the blame for it. So even the mum knows nothing about what's happened or why or how it's got to this point, still blames Doughboy for it. Um and I thought when it when the movie ends and you see him walking across the street and then you get a little text that pops up in the middle of the screen and it's like, was it two days later or two weeks later he dies? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <coughs> but he couldn't himself that he is because he was saying how like he knows that, that was what his life was gonna be. And I thought as well that it did it was quite good the way it portrayed the relationship between him and his brother because although they argued they caught like they were fighting obviously then when it came down to it then he was always going to defend it. it was more the fact he could he could fight him he could scrap him he could not he could they could have a scrap with each other but when it came to anyone else he was also really protective 
Yeah, and it's like it, it's it must be. It was interesting just watching the different bits because then you've got Trey who wants to be a businessman. He wants to make something of himself. He, he's too smart, but he's too smart when he's really young. That like he's a dick, um, and that's why his mum ships him off because he's too difficult mm-hmm. because he's probably too smart for them. Um, <laughs> his dad's got the coolest name in TV or movie history. Imagine being called Furious Styles. That's cool. <laughs> fuck. Give me that. Um, what, what's the name of his business? It's Furious Financial. That's the name. <laughs> I mean, now, I've seen this film about twenty times, and that's the first time I noticed it was this thing. That's good. Why does he look? Why does Lawrence Fishburne look ten years younger than Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie? I was gonna, so that, I was going to bring that up. They're the same fucking age. They look the same fucking age. How many dad? <laughs> it's just when, when I watched fact, it because. Fishbone is actually referred to as Larry Fishbone in the credits at the end. That made me chuckle. Like that's just not twenty years off his age. Just referred to him as Larry. Larry. <laughs> um, no, Lawrence Fishbone was my favourite character in it as well. Like he was a really interesting character. Um, for me, it was like he was a respected guy within their community, but he still lived in a rough part because he was a part of the people. Like it was a part of him. He couldn't get away from it, although he was trying to do so much, um, so much good. Like when he had to talk with the the group of people that came out to the plot of lands that they were looking and stuff, and it was uh, I was kind of watching it thinking like, why do you not just fuck off out of here? Like you didn't need to be here. You've earned, you earn decent money. You've got your own business. Like you need to go progress. But he, it's again part of that culture where he's in the hood. That's it. He's not going anywhere. He's not doing anything. The same as what Doughboy was having. Trey's still kicking around in there. He's not doing anything. Um, he's trying to do a little bit of business and stuff. Um, but for me, Furious was definitely the, my, my favourite character of it. Daniel, you jumped in there with talking about Mr. Furious Styles yourself. Uh, just, I was actually just going to expand on your point there. Like, I've seen this film a lot of times. It's a bit like White Men Can Jump. I first watched it when I was young and I've intermittently watched it every couple of years through my life. Um, I don't know, it's just it's an easy film to watch and I really enjoyed it at first. And I think that's maybe the difference between us who watched it when it first came out, well, not when it, when it was of its time, and then Burnsy watching it now. doesn't feel dated still when I watch it. I still think it, think it maybe when I first watched it. But um, I remember reading a thing about it before that Furious makes a few points that like his dad wasn't there to teach him his what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of why he is stuck where he's stuck. Mm-hmm. And then you look at him, like he makes his son do his chores and all that, and he's like, no one's there to make me do that. And you notice that he's placed a fucking tip. He's bath's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what, what was he doing before his son came? He wasn't doing that. So I like I think he sort of recognizes the things he doesn't do himself and he actually isn't as well put together as you think. Like he comes across like he knows what he's doing, but when he's in his own, he's doing fuck all and not looking after himself. Um, which I found quite interesting when I, when I read that, because when I first watched it, that never really came to mind for me. I never really thought about it. But hey, uh, when you go, okay. I was I was just gonna say, do you not think it seemed obviously from what we get to see in the movie, but how he, quickly the mum shifted the boy on, and then how long he stayed there. As well, right. until she wanted him back when he was all grown up and matured, and he was past that point of being a wee boy. And then how difficult she became with the dad and that big argument they had in the phone and stuff. And 
it, for me that was always a it was, it was quite a weird part because it was like it didn't seem like a big thing that really happened at school he got a three day suspension for for what me's pal with a fucking stick and then right, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's it you're away to live in the hood forever now I think who um, I can't remember his name oh it's annoying the guy that uh, made this anyway I, I feel like there's some sort of mother issue in whoever sort of wrote this was Mm-hmm. None of the mothers are likable people. Yeah. They're all terrible. Like, That's true. Like, the women aren't really, none of the women are sort of memorable from it. And the ones oh. that are, they've all just, it's mostly negative qualities. So, um, but I, th- I think this is a great movie. I think Burns makes a great point is the, I'm not really a big fan usually of the age up film where you get like part of it in one time period and it just jumps to another and then going up. But, um, this does it quite well because they do such a good job of keeping the characters distinctive. So those little kids, I don't think they're actors. They just seem like actual little kids for the neighbourhood. And I think that works really well because they, they're not very good acting, but it feels quite genuine. And I think this whole fil- film does still feel quite genuine to me, which is mm-hmm. a difficult thing to do when you're talking about a film that came out in 1991. I don't know, I feel like it's quite important because like, it doesn't glamorise what's going on. Like it feels as sad, man. This is a sad film. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There's quite there's loads of bits in this, and it just makes you feel like, like why? Folk, this is what folk genuinely have to live like, and in America, like meant to be the most advanced fucking country in the world. Do you know what I mean? And this is what genuinely folks still live like now. Like they've got to, and the, and the speech that Furious makes is sort of making the point. It's like they're forced into this fucking and situation and it's really fucking difficult to get out of it so uh, I, I think they do a great job of putting that across none of this is really glamorized which you get with a lot of other films that are like this about stories for like these sort of areas this one's Crenshaw isn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so like we've seen also we were talking about like Friday and um, like Don't Be a Menace which is sort of like a parody of this um, but there's other films about the same sort of thing, but it tends to be like there's comedies and shit like that, whereas this one takes the deadly serious. But also, I think Ice Cube's really underrated. He went on to do like quite a few daft films, like, but yeah, I feel like he had potential to be a really good actor if he'd stuck with it. Or maybe it's just mm-hmm. that he could only ever play, because he's basically played himself. Eh? Mm-hmm. I don't think he had to do mm-hmm. much to change it. But have you seen Ice Cube doing an interview about how he got asked to be in this film, no? Nope. He, he met the guy that wrote it when the, well before that uh, he had the anywhere near the chance to make a movie. And he met Ice Cube and he's like, I'm writing a movie for you to be in. And like, it's going to be a fucking hit. And like, I've each other for like three or four years and kept saying, like, I've got my script now. And like, kept updating him. And he was like, right, I'm doing it. And Ice Cube just thought all the way through that like, this was a nonsense, but like a random weirdo. And it ended up happening. So. <laughs> That's it, Hunter's got no trivia left now. No, no, I do have uh, something I can add on the back of that. I did kind of read that like, how it was. It was obviously at the height of uh, when that original NWA lineup were steamrolling across America and the world that this film was in this early stages of production. Obviously, that's when Ice Cube was picked out at that point. There you go. So, uh, I, I really enjoy this film still. It doesn't really... I don't get sick of it really. It's easy to watch again. I remember all the bits, but I don't get sort of bored by it. I like a good contrast is the movie Stand By Me, what it's like about a bunch of maybe 
more privileged white kids, what's a body? Oh, it's like a big adventure to go and see a body. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, so the realism of that being a regular occurrence in your neighborhood and the streets and about you, like, hits a lot harder. Like, it's brushed past, just like Kyle said, it's a tiny little aspect of the film. It's not even that big a deal. You know what I mean, but the sad, one of the saddest bits for me is when they steal his football. Okay, it's yeah. <laughs> actually got an because it shows again, it shows you the contrast of the people there. Like, they're kicking with loads of money in their pockets, but they look dead rough and they look dead poor, and they just want to pinch a ball. But there's one good guy in there who's like, Look, give the boy's ball back. And it's funny because he tends to be like the bigger, tougher looking guy who's got that mm-hmm. little heart of gold sort of thing, whereas it's a wee yappy guy that's like, Oh, yeah, that. And Bye, then it's. Like- that gave me flashbacks to, I'm sure we all experienced that at one point when we were like six or seven and a bunch of maybe like 12 year olds who seemed massive at the time. He's a kick your <laughs> ball, mate. Oh, boss. I was shot your bike or something, you know, it's never getting seen. Right. Then oh. you're, knee, you're knee deep in the canal getting your ball back. <laughs> right, that's it. Launched, launched into another idol. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Danny, Danny, please. But, uh, no, I like this film. I think it does a really good job of making you feel the characters I like the fact that they just go straight for the bench at the end and he knows there's going to be the consequences and that's just fucking life do you know I mean it's happened to loads of folk he knows he knows it's going to happen to him that's just how it goes when you you live like that and it's fucking sad man so I Sean you've been nice and quiet I'm sure you've got some explosive stuff to talk about this um, uh, not, not really explosive or anything I'm well, talk, talk to us about your American football career that you were going to have. Um, did you go down the same route as Ricky? I don't think that uh, that's an appropriate joke, considering <laughs> a young man lost his life with his future ahead of him. So I, I agree with pretty much everything Daniel says. Obviously, I've never been in an area like that in LA or anywhere in America, uh, but I could imagine that this is a, a really good kind of representation of what life is like there, like as the dad kind of alluded to when he uh, when he was talking to them at the at this it was like a sign or whatever it was and he was saying like, like basically we are the bottom of the barrel here like nobody's coming to save us like take, take us out of here you need to make a life for yourself think about your future and stuff like that like and it obviously there's two parts there's the kind of gang side by Doughball or whatever or Doe, what's his name again Doughboy 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 Doughball Doughboy uh, so obviously like, he's the kind of gang side and stuff and then his brother is the one that's got the potential to, to get himself out of an environment like that and really make a living for himself but that life just caught up with him at the end and it, it is really sad because as you can imagine like for a lot of these young guys living there like it is there isn't really any opportunities out there at all like their job prospects will be very minimal their education will be minimal and it's a shame, like for me watching this, like uh, it's a film in that, but like it, it's hard not to feel sorry for people who are in this situation. Uh, and it is obviously like, quite a big problem, not just in LA. That's all. Like those are like, like Chicago's really bad. There'll be places in New York and stuff like that. Uh, I just want to, just because you mentioned son, sorry, I didn't want to jump in, but just to add on to that before you move to your next point, like I actually forgot. I, did I tell you about when I ended up wandering in Harlem and how it was like the yeah. I, I, just, I just remembered that and see and obviously it's different right but it's a similar sort of situation and we me and my mate picked a restaurant that we just picked it on fucking Google didn't they look you just think it's oh that's where it is 
and we, we knew it was in Zuffley in Harlem, but the sort of main street we were walking along when we came out of, uh, um, what's it called, the big park, Central Park, was fine, but then we took a few turns and then suddenly you were like in the fucking neighbourhood. And it, well, I will, it, it was fucking terrifying, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking shit myself and I suddenly just thought, I'm Billy Big Boss thinking you can just go anywhere. And yeah. you're frightened, do you mean? But you realise there's sort of different levels to the sort of tension. Yeah. But uh, there was like a police car. Every second car was a police car. I think I just kept, they just in the block constantly. And, no, it's interesting to say that because I went to New York with Sarah and we got the, we were getting the trains to go to one of the wee islands somewhere. Um, I can't remember exactly, but maybe like a lot. I think there was a bit called Long Beach just down the bottom of New York. And um, we, we got off at the wrong stop and we got off at the stop. It was a uh, Jamaica Street. Um, and we were walking through and we went through the barrier and the guy, like, he worked there, he was in the little station in the middle, literally ran down, grabbed the two of us and was like, look, no, you just need to go back that way. So I have to get the train, go straight back. Like, then he didn't go down there. Mm-hmm. He, he, like, sensed a fear. But we were lost. We were we were literally just yeah. walking around at that point. Like, no idea where to go. But it, we, we could have walked into, like, a really rough part uh, in, in New York where we shouldn't have been. Sorry, Sean, we're stealing your thunder here. No, it's fine. Uh, but I just, like, I just find this form, like, I've seen it before, maybe two or three times, but this is the first time that I'd watched it in, in a good while. And it's been up for a couple of votes before, and I've been kind of, uh, would have been happy for it to win any previous votes. So I was like to watch it again. But, like, as Daniel already touched on, there is a lot of films out there of this type. A lot of it does kind of have a certain comedy element to it. Like, we watched. Uh, Straight out of Compton recently, which is obviously like a biopic of NWA, and there's elements to that that are kind of relatable to this. Obviously, it's in the same setting in LA. You've obviously got Ice Cube and Ice Cube's son, even though they're two different characters. But like, it's just like they're just I just find it really sad seeing like a, a group of people when there's just that is literally the only life, and that is a life they're going to have forever. Constantly looking over their shoulder at rival gang members. Constantly being wary of what area of of fucking the city or town, whatever that they're walking into, in case they get jumped and stuff like that. Like I just could never imagine living a life like that. It must be absolutely horrible. So like this film, I think is probably the best I've seen. That well, in my opinion, gives off the kind of more realistic representation of what life would be in that. I suppose in these kind of suburb areas and stuff like that, but. Thankfully, obviously, it's, it's not somewhere that I'm from and no son I've ever had to deal with. I would fold like a pack of cards, man. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I really like Ice Cube in this. Uh, and again, Daniel touched on it as well. Uh, but it, th- th- there is obviously like a limit to his acting ability. Uh, I could probably name two or three other films that he's been in. And the one that stands out is him as a bald, round man with kids. What's that? Is that Are We There Yet or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe uh, not there yet, too. Was he not um, Xander Cage or was he known in the Triple X? Yes, he was in uh, a couple of films with Kevin Hart. Too. I can't remember the play Cops. I can't remember. Ride, oh, Rider, that's actually Rider. decent. I Ride Along was all right for what it is. I thought they were quite good together in that actually. He was like, I, but again, it's the same kind of character, like tough. Yeah. It's no like, but obviously that's his range, which is fine. Like he's going to make a living out of it. He'll have all his record stuff and all that as well. So like he's, he'll be absolutely swimming in dough. But 
Uh, I thought boy. he was really good. Aye. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't like Cuba Gooding Jr. in this at all, just because he, just of how old he looked. I just found <laughs> yeah, yeah. it just I just like surely there could have been somebody else that could have played that part. Uh, boy. But, oh, it's a trivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just, to, just to jump on in the on the Ice Cube movies because uh, I just see that it popped up. I remember watching this before. Remember the movie Torque? No. Torque. No. It was like it was like Fast and Furious on bikes. Wow. It was no. it was fucking awful, but it just it popped up. Then I seen the name. I was like, fucking. I remember watching that. I do remember him being in the revamped Triple X. He was like the replacement for Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he, he was in the uh, 21 Jump Street as well. He was quite good in that one, actually. Quite like 21 Jump Street. Sorry. Um, Sean, if you've got uh, anything left, Dad. I, not much else to say. Uh, it is a good film. Uh, it's not one that I would watch, like, a lot. Like, I'm quite happy to go back to it every three, four, five years or whatever. Uh, I don't agree with Bunsy in saying that it feels dated or anything like that. I, I think that, like, watching it, like, it's still... It just, it just doesn't give off that vibe for me. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. And I'm glad that it finally got picked after being in a few votes. Oh, well, happy days. Mr. Lateness, Scott Hunter. Yeah, that's myself. Um, so I am um, in the same dorm as everyone else, but I kind of, what you have all said kind of echoes my thoughts on this film as well. I mean, I'm not, first of all, saying that this is anywhere near the same League as Schindler's List, which I did score criminally too low on hindsight, but I think... Where is this going? (laughs) But I mean, what I'm saying, I think it's one of those where as privileged white people should watch for a bit of education and understand and empathy towards people from black uh, societies in America that have had so many years and still even to the present day from authorities, from anyone, from basically, there's no chance. Like, essentially, what is it? There's kind of been a common theme with this message. You've got yeah. a guy with a great athletic ability. Um, I mean, there's no guarantee set for NFL, but he's definitely got a skill that can get him out of the neighbourhood that he's in and again, his life shot down. Um, again, partly fault of his own because he's obviously started a beef with somebody, but then it's his brother, said it's his brother, the the gangster that flashed a gun and started a, and I'll say there's a bit of tune phone before it. It's not like they've just seen him three days later and went there. There's a bit, but again, that's it. so he's got a, a chance to get out and he can't because of just the society and the, the community that he lives in. Um, so I do feel like on that there is a message there, and I think it's good to watch and understand, even if it's but it's not. Hopefully, it'll help change some people's perspectives on some aspects and. Uh, Societies in life, um, but also as well, what I would say is I kind of I did watch this. I haven't watched it for a few years. Definitely one of those films back in high school. It was always like, oh, you need to watch this when you're cutting about in your young teams where you're uh, Bear Max and Fubuki, you know, and thinking you're American anyway. Listen to rap and be like, oh, you need to watch this. And again, but you maybe think you, you don't take it in. You don't maybe understand and appreciate it. But then, as we were now going back with hindsight and obviously a greater understanding of how the world works as well. I mean, you just think it's a glamorisation, but possibly at the time, but um, I just think kind of what you were touching on, Daniel, as well. I do think, I can't remember, I think it's 
Graham Singleton possibly was the direct right of the director. That's right, John. That I do think a lot of this. I mean, it might not be a blow by blow or a by word by word things that have happened in his life, but he's definitely been in and around situations where all this has happened. I mean, this is just plucked out of thin air as make believe, or this is what happens in French show. Uh, I mean, that's what it does. Obviously, there is aspects from real life in it as well, because obviously you've got the gang members that they're having the disagreement with are meant to be portraying the bloods who obviously were stuck. I don't know if they're still active to this day, but they're definitely back then anyway, like a real sort of I mean, I just think it was your touch on show. I mean you could do wear certain colours or whatever because you would feel associated with being associated with a gang, even if you were a straight A student would never touch or been involved in any gang culture, but you could wear the one colour of a hat, a t shirt one day and get shot down just because it was the colour of another rival gang's uh, uniform. Yeah, I mean, it is mental to think that even that, I don't think it's as bad as what it was, but even then, when we were talking mid-90s, it was still heavily um, ongoing then. Just I mean, on the aspects of the film and the acting as well, again, kind of whatever I've seen, Lawrence Fishbone is great in this for me. Um, I, mean, I do like that. I think what, you know, what you're saying, Kyle, for me, you said even though he is successful and... I mean, he is trying to be a positive influence in some ways, even not even just to three, but to obviously to other members of the community as well. And I'm maybe thinking along the lines that he probably could move out and probably get a better job somewhere else or whatever. But then it's like, well, how are you going to um, appeal and have those people listen to you and maybe take on board your message if you're living and not maybe not quite a mansion, but if you're living out with the area and have a better life than what they have? You're going to be able to get your message across if they can relate to you. So maybe that's probably why he's stuck around in the neighbourhood to maybe help try and change from within rather than trying to be there or look at me, look how successful I am. I made it out of the hood. Yeah, no, it's a weird one because like you would be, you can kind of class it as potentially selfish <laughs> if you were to then jump ship and go out and and take your take your thoughts with you. But is it is it selfless to stay there and? Keep your family in that environment when you know it's not good. Um, does he see it getting better? Like how quickly does he see it getting better? He's already watching. There's a there's a quote that somebody says, and I can I think it might have been Nia Long's character when she said, uh, "Potentially her, can we have one night where someone doesn't get shot?" But and, and that, I, I wrote that down when I was watching it because I was like, "Geez," I was like, "Actually, imagine." And then you've got her sitting doing. What she remember she's sitting doing work or something at a table and there's just shooting going outside. Mm-hmm. She flinches a little bit, but she's not really that fast. Could you imagine hearing gunshots going outside one of your houses? It's madness. Bad enough in a car backfire. To me, it's madness, man. Like how many people have guns in that? Like, well, I, re- I remember being quite young and there was a and being in the the excess bowling at the time um, and leaving the bowling to make my way across the Indianos to get my takeaway just beside the court. And it, the whole place was shut down, police everywhere, because somebody had fired a gun at, at the court in Camelon, right? And folks spoke about that for months, months, like where I was. But that happens nightly in these mm-hmm. environments. It's mm-hmm. a contrast and difference. And I don't know, I just feel like Furious Styles had the opportunity from a young age to take his son lift them and take them somewhere more positive at that point. Um, 
I don't know if his business was at a stage where he needed he could do something like that at that point, but you know, it's a hard one. It's like an ethical conundrum, isn't it? Like he he wants to implement change in his in his roots, really. I just generally don't think he had that much money. Like, yeah, his place was a shithole. I wasn't as if it was like really nice on the inside or whatever. It was kind of just us. It was a bog standard place compared to all the other neighbours. So like, I think it was just that his job maybe he maybe came across as more intelligent than what he actually was. Ah, he should have. He had the intelligence to be doing mm-hmm. something else, but I just don't mm-hmm. think it ever worked out for him. And I think, aye, that's again you could blame it on the environment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like. Sorry. Food and mamas as well. I was always telling Trey, like, oh, tell his food, such and such, and mama asking for her. Surely, surely he was a catch of the area, though, eh? Like, he, he was a, he, he was too handsome in this as well, which, again, when you're looking at him and Cuba Gooden Jr., who looks about 40 at that point when he's playing, what, a 17 year old or something. Um, um, he's also, his character's also a dick, eh? Like, <laughs> Just unlikable. Yep. See, I'm surprised nobody brought up the whole when he tells his dad the story about him shagging the bird that he made up. It's quite a good story. Ah, but like, why would you make up a shagging story for your dad? That's a bit weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, also when he gets to bed is. I was going to say, when also he gets to bed his girlfriend, that was a bit random too. How like he just cries and then he's like, right, moan, go upstairs now. Something, something for you to learn, Burnsy. Show you the whole <laughs> Just try. Yeah. Show some vulnerability. Just, just, just get a gun stuck in your face by a policeman to upset you, to give you show a bit of anger. That's all you need to do, Burnsy. Right. That's my plan for the weekend, sorted. <laughs> Hunter, well, do you have any more, any more thoughts or trivia you want to add to this? Um, no more thoughts. Again, I think everyone's, I think we've got all bases covered now on this, but. I will um, fire in with the trivia. So first of all, as we've uh, all touched on, um, so Lawrence Fishbone played Cuba Good. Sorry, Larry Fishbone, who played uh, Cuba Good and Junior's dad, seven years older than him in real life. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that actually was Cuba Good and Junior. I'm not doing the things, but if somebody can Wikipedia oh, one up, well, maybe we can work it back. You, did it. you want to know how old he was at the time? Yeah, how old was Cuba Gooding Jr. at the time of this? Okay, I'd had 23 and 30, maybe. Well, you can do your other trivia while I get this all loaded up. Right, so I know we talked about uh, somebody younger to have uh, played the role of a uh, Trey, so Will Smith. Uh, I was going to say actor, Will Smith. I was going to say him. considered for the role, but decided to knock it back because he was uh, uh, heavily involved with Fresh Prince at the time. Nice. Uh, they want to keep like a more wholesome image. Yeah, that's it. So Daniel, you touched on this as well. Um, so the opening and closing scenes of this film are direct reference to Stand By Me. Oh, I didn't actually know that. That yeah. I, it just makes me think about Stand By Me. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, it was also 1991's most financially successful movie. A budget of 6.5 million dollars actually grossed 56.1 million, which is quite decent back in 1991. So, um, also, this is a, a most interesting fact that I read. So, Lloyd Avery II, who played the gang member that shot Ricky, actually, after this film's production, joined the Bloods in real life. He was then arrested later in connection with a double homicide, was sentenced to life in jail, and then killed by his cellmate in September 2005. Well, fucking hell. 
So he, he was a method actor then. He was right yeah, into character. To be fair, like, he had an evil face. Like, oh. You can just look at folk and mm-hmm. you're the evil. Mm-hmm. He had one of them faces. Oh, he was definitely pulling uh, insects off Danny Longlegs when he was a muffler, like. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. pulling legs off him. No insects off him. No, pull, pulling insects off him. <laughs> uh, so, Cuba Gooden Jr. was 23 when this was made. Oh, that's just, maybe I did read it then, because I've just plucked that number out of thin air. <laughs> um, one, I, one I thought you were going to pop into your trivia that i seen, which would have completely changed this movie if it was cast, but Eddie Murphy was considered for the role of Furious Styles. I did see that. Why isn't Eddie Murphy taking that character? That didn't mean so you never different. know. Do you mean sometimes you put these comedy actors and they just suddenly do well enough when they do something serious? So I don't know. I'd be quite interested. Morpheus well, was good. Then. Morpheus was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy days. Right, so let's get some scores on the doors then. Burnsy, we'll come back to you first. Okay, I'm going a three out of five. Three out of five. Daniel? Well, I think that's criminally low. I'm going for a solid four. Solid four from Daniel. Sean? A 3.75. 3.75. Hunter? Same for me, 3.75. 3.75. And then it'd be a solid four for me to copy Daniel. Go on, Mr. 385. What we get? Yeah, hey, that's a 3.7 overall. 3.7, which brings this movie in line with A Nightmare on Elm Street, Rush Hour, The Departed, and The Hunt. So we're coming in at joint 32nd. I would say I've been keeping my score though, because I knew you were going to score it higher. Before I came on the stream, I was going to get a 3.25, but I didn't want to boost it too much. I <laughs> <laughs> right, my score. I write my score down before we start talking. <laughs> Don't get influenced. I do. So. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, so obviously the you're living in fear of being shot. Like, what the Scottish equivalent of that when we were at this age was getting a kick in. Have you just got any stories of get going be in the bad neighbourhood and getting a fucking kick in? Joe, you know I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. I remember um, me and my cousin must have been about. 12 or 13 or something like that and we, we took a football we we're going down to the shops where the shops where you had a little trio of shops but then you had like these two long pieces of wall where you could just play one-on-one football it's like perfect area for that so we we're going down for there um my cousin t- goes to his area I was like, i'm just going up in the shop and buy some juice and i come back out as there's like this family there was like four or five of them had them up against the wall whilst they were kicking his football about <laughs> so it's a ran across to try and like help out Bayfield's got absolutely lemmered in the middle of these like shopping mall and they fucked off with my bottle of juice and his football so it was like when I, when I watched that part come back I was like Jesus Christ I remember at that point being like oh, just give us the ball back like total greeting with like a burst nose and say ribs like, I just want the ball back <laughs> but it's funny because the, the, the football you're more scared to be going home and saying you've got your football taken off you mm-hmm. which maybe cost a fiver at the time, right? But the fear was going back home to to um to like admit what had happened. Um just it, what they were like with the basket uh balls that the ball they had? Not basketball. American football. Yeah, football mm-hmm. that's that. But, but then again like parallels with this story, like it, it it was it just happened to be a bit a big brother that went and sorted it all out after. Yeah. 
<laughs> just, it was just what happened. But yeah, that's a, I'll give some, that was a, me getting a kick in with a similar story with this. Ah, it definitely still exists here. Like, I, I mm-hmm. feel like we should probably make that clear. We're talking a lot as if, like, everywhere we grew up was fine. Like, there was definite danger here in some of our oh, neighbourhoods and where we grew up. And it, I but think, I think the ultimate fear was a knife. The ultimate fear is a knife here, isn't it? Do I mean that's what you uh, do? Scared mm-hmm. something might happen. Somebody took a knife out of my sister once when she was like fourteen. Like, I lived in an area that, like, never, I had, like, a, a young team, but it wasn't, like, a notoriously bad area in Steny. Like, it was quite a quiet area, like, Corey Avenue, like, relatively, it's quite quiet, quite, kind of, quite a big street. Uh, but she was doing the park, claiming her pal, when somebody came out and had, and had a knife and just kind of took it out and, like, held it, like, in front of them while they were standing across from them. I, I made her coming home in tears, but that obviously not happened. I don't know, I think uh, they were just being wee fannies, but it was weird mm-hmm. that, that happened in there. That's made me think of my near-death near experience. Uh, I don't think I've told you this before. Uh, yeah, I, I was like 14, 15, and I was at the back cutting my mom and dad's grass. Uh, so I stayed in, uh, my street was kind of rough, it wasn't very nice. But, um, so I was just cutting the grass in the back garden, and I just saw like this guy, like about 40 years old, like, wandering clearly on something into my back garden, which is quite a weird thing, somebody coming into your, he just came right in the front of my back garden. And he was mm-hmm. looking for my neighbour, he kept shouting my neighbour's name. Uh, and I'm like, oh no, it's a long house mate, next door. He goes, no, where is he? And I was like, no, I don't know where he is mate. And then he just started like, you know when you know it's going to happen, like mm-hmm. something's going to happen. So he started taking these steps towards me, like saying, where the fuck is he? And all that. And luckily, my dad saw it and came out and was like, oh, fuck you, like, get the fuck. Oh, blah. Nearly went for my dad, but anyway, he fucked off, right? That night, he went up the town and stabbed somebody and killed him. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I, so I was like, fuck, man. Like, mm-hmm. mentally. Yeah. That was mental. Well, to take us from that somber uh, stories of telling if you're getting kicking to potentially getting stabbed, let's take ourselves back to the future. Let's do it. Nice I'm, I'm really oh, excited to hear what, that was. what Bunsy thinks of this. Oh, I don't <laughs> know if it's Bunsy you should be worried about. So, Back to the Future, out in 1985, uh, Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past in a time travel in DeLorean invented by his close friend, the eccentric scientist Doc Brown. That's a funny way to say pedophile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, right, Bunsy, let's say let's get your thoughts on the, the pedophile Doc Brown. Um I'm not gonna talk about that part. <laughs> so um I messaged Sean about this before and watched it. I looked at it and I saw it was sci-fi and I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna hate this. Um I think I voted against it every single round because the thought of it just couldn't be bothered with. Um but no, I thought this was really enjoyable. Um I don't know what Kel's reaction, if he agrees with me or not. I don't think he does agree with me. I thought Michael J. Fox, I thought he was class. Um, I'm kind of, like, the last few movies we've watched, after me getting berated for abusing young actors all the time, is, well, I don't know what age he is, but he's obviously young-ish. He's not, like, young as a child, but um, I thought, he, as I say, I thought he was terrific. Um, 
the start of the film when obviously you're you're finding out about his family as like nineteen eighty and nineteen eighty five. I thought that was really really boring. Like I could feel myself switching off already. And that I don't know how long that part was for, but at that point I was like, this is going to be awful. Like I've. I've it was one of those films that probably if we weren't watching it for this, I would have been tempted to turn off. But once it went back into 1955, that's where it got a lot more interesting, uh, enjoyable and funny at stages too. Um, it seemed a bit ridiculous when he goes in the car and he's like, doesn't even click on when I've had this big discussion about how the car you can put in different dates and that, and it's going to take you back back in time and have set it and he just like just starts driving about flying and whatever I know there's a chase or whatever but he's getting shot at I don't think Mm -hmm. that's going to be at the forefront of his mind he's got terrorists chasing him shooting him I know but it's only because it's literally just happened like 10 seconds before he gets into the car it's not as if it's happened like minutes before or a fallen day like like, to me it's like it would maybe that's just me but I'm thinking it would still be in your it would still be in your head at some point thinking He's just seen it happening, so he knows that this is what the car does. This is what's going to happen to me. But anyway, do you know if it would make more sense to go further back than ten minutes when you've got that time machine, just to give yourself a bit more time to help it dock? Just a thought. To be honest, also, I would say to defend that one, he was making like the decision in a split second at the last second. Oh no, no, it's just the fact it didn't even. It didn't even like. I'm not saying he would have. Thought, oh shit, as if he's not even thinking, it doesn't even cross his mind for one mini second. I That's agree with you on that one, Bunsy. I just, I just disagree with Kyle on his one. This one. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> I didn't understand what Kyle meant, so I just ignored his point. But <laughs> 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 you were just calling at me. <laughs> but I, uh, when, when his own mother, well, when his mother starts getting infatuated with him, that was kind of, that was like really. <laughs> weird and tough to watch and whatever like I was kind of like it was going a bit you didn't know what way it was going to go like I was thinking how far is this actually infatuation is going to go it kind of made you a bit difficult to watch I thought at stages Quick um, question, question for you all just on that point What what's more creepy the fact that he's, you, we're watching his mum come on to him or the fact that he likes it and he makes the reference like it, 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 doesn't he like it, it. It makes a difference. Like Mom, it. Kylie definitely likes it. He says, he says, like Mum, Mum is hot. And then he stops. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man. You, you're looking at your own mum at that point thinking, well, if you're sitting there in your pants thinking she's hot. And Matt, in the situation where he's in the bed, he wakes up, he's in his wee purple pants or whatever. And she's like sitting in the bed, and you ought to get as soon as there's a little hint of get to fuck, I'd be getting to fuck. Yeah, I'm out of the fucking door. No way, I'm like weird, super weird. Anyway, he definitely allows it to happen. He's no, you could be like, I just fucked off, I'm just hanging about with this. Either that, and then like you're more falling in love with it, or go back to the pedophile and play with him. So it's kind of really caught between a rock and a hard place at that point. (laughs) Is it no, also, he comes up with the idea of like her getting saved by him or whatever oh right. mm-hmm. well, I mean oh I'm going to I'm going to like hover in a car in a real like weird situation and she's going to slap me because I'm not going to be a nice guy which in your mind you're like you're going to make advances that, on her that, that, that was how you're getting slapped why can you not just be a total asshole to her instead of being like I'm going to make a mover and try and like get with her 
on abuse not on. And I would have been a bit better instead of being like, I'll try and pull her in the back. I mean, I know he's saying to the dad, like, whatever time, like, five to ten, or whatever the time is. What if he's dad's is, like, busting for a piss and he's like, it's a cute egg. So he's running the five minutes. Like, how far down the, you know, if he's boss does that go before the dad comes out for the dance? I just thought that before we sort of brush it under the carpet and go back to Ponzi, sorry. There's an awful lot of sexual, almost violence in this movie. I'm shocked that this is not a 15 in that respect. Like, it is, I mean, there's, you're really watching attempted sexual assault on multiple occasions in this film, mm-hmm. like quite aggressive, mad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, carry on, Martin. <laughs> no, it's just after, I've, I've, uh, I dropped in my score for this and now I'm doubting <laughs> <out> myself <laughs> after this conversation. <laughs> Um, like his dad beat like up that tree and everything too, like spinal and underwear. <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I watching? And then, <laughs> like, is I don't know whether that was something you could imagine when being such a like weirdo at the start, or whether you think he wouldn't have the balls to do that. I, I was kind of torn whether. Is that believable? Is it not? I don't really know. But um well that was like disgusting. Um but when like if you take out him and his mum, <laughs> then when take he tries the incest to... storyline, we'll nah, take that bit out. We'll keep the five minute movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry? Then you'd be left with a twenty five minute movie. No, I was going to say, like, the bits where, obviously, Marty's trying to get his mum and dad together and stuff like that, those were quite, I thought they were quite funny, um, because, obviously, it was never just going to happen really straightforward. um, And then there was occasions where, like, when he was in the cafe and in the school and stuff like that, where he is, you can tell he is actually trying to force them together, but because how he's trying to be nice about it, his mum's fallen for him and said obviously his dad and like there was funny there was funny scenes as well where and you can see what he's trying to do and everyone's just falling flat in his face um it wasn't it wasn't a film where i was like on the edge of my seat but it was like entertaining i guess out with the incest storyline that was in it throughout (laughs) I uh, the ending about it is I didn't really click on it first that obviously because the rest of family was only in the storyline very briefly I didn't click on when he comes down the stair that that's is that his brother and sister or something that's at the table mm-hmm. I don't even know oh, so yeah. that, at first I thought is this like a completely different family <laughs> or something I didn't even click on it was actually back in because obviously the house is completely different in it explains that as the scene goes on but at first I was thinking is he just like woken up and he's not even he's got a different mum and dad and everything now as well it just completely bamboozled me at first and then obviously it all makes sense um another thing that I thought was a bit strange but I guess they could have figured out a copy if it didn't happen but obviously the ending it's of like they've just basically admitted that they're going to have a a second movie to this which a teaser a wee teaser yeah, yeah. but it was kind of that, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't even a tease. It was kind of like, this is what's happening next. It wasn't kind of like, this could happen. Whereas I was thinking, if the film did flop, then you kind of left it as like, everyone knows, that, well, everyone's expecting a second one. And if this did 
drew really poor numbers, you're left with like a really shit ending to it because it doesn't end on any sort of other way than they can go a second one. If you said if you watched the first, if you watched it, like, I when's the second one coming out because it's not, it's left completely open instead of being half closed and half open. If that makes sense. Um, I do think in twenty twenty hindsight, I believe. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm off base here, but I do believe Back to the Future did pretty well. Oh no, it must have obviously. <laughs> but what I mean is, in terms of if you just watched the first one at the time, you'd be thinking, well, with that attitude, with that attitude, you'd never be shown and sink that three pointer in the last second against Boca Kai. You've got to take a risk <laughs> sometimes and anchor your own success. So. <laughs> I, but I thought it was a film that was kind of, um, it was something that you can just switch on, you can just relax watching it. It's not something you have to really concentrate on that much. There is obviously a lot of undertones that are a bit weird in terms of why somebody would come up with them. But when I was watching, I kind of swept those under the carpet instead of bringing it to light as you have done throughout my because you know what that is, you you've you've watched it with fresh eyes, and you've watched this to enjoy it as a as an entertaining movie, and it's designed in a sense that right. it's bells and whistles and flashes and um fast paced to make it that exciting, but it's not until you actually like dip into it a little bit more, and you've watched it a couple of times, and you're a bit like this is a bit awkward to watch. Really, nothing obviously, nothing obviously really happened, though. You know what I mean? If something did happen between <laughs> him and his mum. You like I'd be coming and thinking, what on earth is somebody writing this shit for? It's like you can't like what go like but whereas these obviously stopped it before it went anywhere. It was kinda and there was reason I guess behind some of his madness that he was to me I didn't think he wanted to get with his mum. I thought he was kinda just like trying to get them together, but he was what did you say at the time? He's no ex maybe like seventeen, eighteen. Well, he's, he's he's 24 year old in real, in real life when he acted when he filmed it. He was 24. Right. And they filmed it So he is obviously really young. He's he's not obviously he's not got a he's not got that much of a brain. Um I did think that the person that was uh, well, what was the guy's name that was old his old friend I'll call him? What? Doc. <laughs> he wasn't really much coping helping him, was he? He just stood back and watched the everyone unfold. You'd think he could have actually said, maybe try this. No, he's just like get them back together or things will things will blow up and all you lose all your family. Cheers for that, pal. You're really helpful, eh? But well, yeah. I'll hate me talking about this, but that's what Rick and Morty has done. It's been like a parody of this and how Doc doesn't give a fuck about Marty. He doesn't care. He's just right. doing science <laughs> shit. He's more excited about the science shit. He doesn't really care about mm-hmm. him. It's a cartoon, <laughs> Sean. You'll not like it. No, Sean wouldn't like it. Well, they, for for me, the the absolute best thing about this movie is Crispin Glover's character. Um, I like the dad's the best part. He's he's really funny. He's entertaining. He's good to watch. I didn't know what else I've ever seen Crispin Glover acting. It's only ever this film that I can think of. Um, I don't like this. I, like I I, I didn't even remember liking it that much as a, as a kid when when it was on. Um, there's so many like bits to it that to me just don't make sense like and I was reading some of these things after after watching it again because I was like why does this like I couldn't work out why this film irks me so much when I watch it but it's just it seems so stupid um, 
I, I think Christopher Lloyd's such an unlikable character in it as well. Big Doc the pedo. Um, I, I think Michael J. Fox is shit in it. I, I've never been the biggest Michael J. Fox fan on any things that I've watched him as well. Um, Hunter may have this in his trivia, but I'm sure someone else was cast in this film first and switched out for Michael J. Fox. Halfway, like um, maybe a couple of weeks into filming it. I think there was a uh, you're right, uh, there was some that I can't I've so, not noted it down, but I do remember reading that. Ah uh, well it's uh, I've got here Eric Stoltz was cast to do it um at the time though. So there's a lot of scenes in it where it's not actually even the Michael J. Fox that's filming it. Um the bits that annoy me about this, right, and this is like after doing a bit of research a bit pedantic on it is why do they not recognise that their son looks like the guy that they named him after? Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point? So, like, you would, it, do you think, would you start, maybe a weird conversation saying to your missus, do you think our son is slowly morphing into that guy that whose face will barely remember for 20 years ago? Well, I'm the, not the, having that one. The, the mum's absolutely infatuated for the, the, the week and a half, two weeks or whatever it was like, that they were there. She met for one week, God, like, and you try to say that some a pal you met in Tenerife on holiday when you were thirteen, you will remember their face vividly. Well, if they were living it's the fact that not only is that is he the guy that his mum is infatuated with, it's also the reason that they get together. He gives his dad the confidence to stand up to Biff to then win his mum's heart. So yeah. the dad hits her with a car. There's loads of impactful things that you would remember. Like, made that time, Dad, you hit like, this guy with a car, then he helped me fall in love with this guy that we've had a kid that now looks like him. It's dead weird. Um, I'm somebody that I saw every single day at high school for six years and no recognise him. Ah, but did you hit him with a car? And did you aye, try to take the pants off him while she was related? <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that annoys me on it. Um, the whole fading picture thing as well. I know it helps for the storyline, but to me it makes no sense. He's either there or he's no. You're not slowly disappearing because it's slightly getting away. Just didn't buy it. I just think that the whole concept of it's shit. Um, the second and third one, the third one's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, the second one's only cool because he's got laces that they go in themselves. He's got smart shoes on them. But no, for me, I kind of watch it. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I'm gutted that we had to watch this one. I was really upset about this one. Do you not think before somebody else goes to the kill, it's obviously you're saying it didn't make sense or whatever and there was flaws with the story, but it's, the storyline's obviously not meant to make sense. Uh, no, some, somebody's not wrote this and thought, you can what this, somebody's, everybody's going to pick up this film and think, you know that storyline, this is a good script and everybody, like, it all flows together perfectly. Like, it's no, you, meant to, it's no meant to, though. I, 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 I thought you were preparing to drop some, like, bombshells here, some pipe bombs and, like, Things that were majorly up with this plot, and nothing you've really said bothered me at all. No, well, you've you've clocked it all really mainly. I think it's a, it's a, for for someone to write this, and the same guy that wrote and directed it, and a big theme of the storyline is about having the mum infatuated with her son that she doesn't know, but the boy knows that that's his mum, and he's game, and he's in on it. It's just so creepy, man. It's such a weird film. I, I have actually I, no idea where you're getting that the son wants to shag his mom. Absolutely doesn't it? So the bit where he said that she was hot, I'll take that bit as being one bit where he was game. The second bit where he makes up the 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 convoluted story about 
him trying to only her in a car. And that's not what happened, though. No, no, no. I, I'm going to call you out on this because that's not what happened. When he said to his dad, I'm going to do this and you're going to basically come and save her, and he goes, oh, so you're going to, and it like basically says, you're going to try it on with her, and he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So it, basically that part is just made up in your own head. No, oh, he, 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 he said, why, would you, why would you slap you? And he says, because that's what nice girls do to what I'm going to do or something like that. Nah, he, 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 he was never going to touch her up or try and rape her. He was just going to be a dickhead to her. Oh, he was, he was going to make advances. In your head, you've made up a scenario in your head because you don't like your film. So you're basically, you've just outright lied. Blasting <laughs> about Back to the Future here. <laughs> that never hell. happened at all. It, it was and insinuated. And in your head, that you've watched the film and thought he wants to pump his more. I would say that raises more questions about you than it does. Uh, so, so the what film. would you suggest that he was going to do at that point then, Sean? I would suggest that he was going to be a dictator. In, in what way? Basically, as in like treat her like shit, talk to her like shit. Kiss her then. Because she grabbed him and kissed him. She leaned over towards him and he allowed it to happen and it, it lingered. You don't want somebody, right. if, if you didn't want her to kiss him, you could have stopped it from happening. And okay. I would say, not to Kyle's point about that story, right? The reason that I felt that uncomfortable way is not, it's more the body language and behaviour, especially in that first meeting when she gets on the bed with him and all that. Uh-huh. For me, like, the normal reaction is to instantly make a reason to get out of that situation. No, allow her to come over and sit next to you. And then there's a bit where she's putting her hand on his leg under the table and why are you sitting there? Get, get the fuck out of there. Like, why are you... <laughs> he keeps going with it, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I'm in between the two of you on this one. No, I, 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 I just think, think there's just the bit when he turns away... The bit, the bit, because he turns away to say, like... To, like, turns away from, which is his dad, to say he's going to do something unsavoury that's going to make it. And it seems dead to me... Again, Sean, you've taken it with a, an assumption as well, on a, on a different route... Um, I've watched this film. Ah, well, you take on the assumption that he's going to be a dickhead there. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't actually say that. Says. No, he I doesn't. Did. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say so, I'm going to be so a dickhead. It's not. He said you actually quoted it there, or Daniel did. I'm going to uh, be a guy that nice girls don't like. As in, like, so you would automatically think he's going to just basically try and touch her. No, up. no, no, no. What I'm saying is, it's and when. His dad actually arrives and sees that there's a man on top of her like that. He's no surprise. That's the situation he's expecting to see as well. Like, so mm-hmm. it is insinuated that that's what he's going to do, right? Now, I don't, nobody's saying that he's actually going to like try and hurt her. That happens later, right? And I think the reason that's in everyone's mind is that it's a common theme throughout this movie. Like, even in the canteen early on, like in the school where you should be at like a safe space. That Biff was like grabbing that lassie's arm really hard and like trying to push the cell on her and tells yeah, the guys that's what, that's what, what I thought he was going to do. What Biff did in the canteen, he was going to do similar to that, like grab her, but he wasn't going to go any, he wasn't going to like start kissing her. Can I just say, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read out word for word what actually gets said here, right? So Martin McFly says, right, so around nine o'clock, she's going to get very angry with me, George McFly. Why would she get angry with you? Marty McFly, because, George, nice girls get angry when guys take advantage of them. Right. That's the point. So your first thought is he's going to try and pump his maw? No, uh, we wouldn't just take advantage of in this scenario. We're not saying he's going to try and pump his maw, right? There's loads of ways to take advantage of people without like, sexually assaulting them. And they park up in the cars or t- like... 
That wasn't my first thought process. That's not something that I just instantly jumped at. Oh, he's going to try. He's yeah. just going to touch his mum up to make her angry. That is, uh, it's definitely what was insinuated. It's okay no, that you saw it. I, I disagree completely. Right, that's fine. <laughs> you saw it differently. Didn't get so mad. <laughs> no, I'm not getting mad at all. I'm just saying I disagree completely. I was, I, had, I was questioning myself. I was like, have I totally misunderstood this like whole part? Whole part. I just had the thought that he's. He's going to hover in a car, it's late, they're at a dance together, like they've come together and stuff, he's going to try it on. But I, I, from from reading that there, I definitely say that's what, to me, that's what's insinuated. But I mean, the the mum obviously doesn't know it's her son, right, in the storyline. Yeah. So nice. she basically, I, I, she obviously is, a, is very attracted to him and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So if he thought that me trying to own my mum would make her think I'm a dickhead, when she obviously seemed pretty game for getting together with our son, obviously she didn't, she didn't know it was our son, then that just never entered my mind, I just I, I, I would look at that as if like he's just going to be a complete dickhead there to put her off him and then George is going to come and then obviously save the day and she falls in love with him Obviously, I think it was more about it though, it wasn't going to be like a nice he was going to be close, well that's the difference I, I picked up, but I wasn't obviously thinking it would go as far as where Kyle is suggesting. That's the difference. No, that's where Daniel is as well, I think. I think uh, we're getting away from well, actually, like, the point of the film here. This is, we're just focusing too much on sexual assault. I'm just thinking that the, 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 pod, the, the, the podcast name this week should just be a question. Does Martin McFly want to pump his more? Maybe. I've got a confession here, by the way. Get this quiet. Uh, I've, I've actually kept this quiet for about a year and a half a movie called I've never seen Back to the Future what? <laughs> is this your first what? watch yet? Aye, and I've purposely like I've actually I've just lied about it all the way through <laughs> like, that I've seen it before I've never seen it so, hold on, so, so you've never seen two or, or three? correct don't what? don't watch them <laughs> no, ignore him Back to the Future 2 for me is better than Back to the Future Back to the Future 3 is the Eh? I said I'll have mine thoughts Kyle won't no, influence I, I, No I'm saying just fucking make sure you watch it Don't listen to <laughs> it Didn't uh, watch Back to the Future 3 put, put like True Crimes or something Or Dark Crimes or whatever it's called Put that on instead oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do you want to watch Back to the Future 2 Now that you've seen Back to the Future So it can come in a boat now I'm gonna, I'll watch it if it comes up in a boat Because this is why I, I, want, I like holding off on stuff now So I can watch it for the first time on this But um, We'll get it on the next vote <laughs> <laughs> Because it'll work. So just, for me, I was quite, I, I was, I, I was really excited to watch this because I've sort of avoided it my whole life. I never fancied it as a kid. It seemed, see to me, it seemed childish. At this, see, by the time I was like nine or ten, and somebody was trying to get me to watch it, I was like, oh, that looks shit. I was watching Terminator and that, and Nightmare on Elm Street as a kid, and this just seemed like a lame kids movie to me. And then as I got older, and folk kept saying, no, this film is amazing, and I just. Never got round to it, and then now, eventually, this time, I started avoiding it so we could watch it in movie club. Um, so, I've got to agree with Burns, right? the first 20 minutes of this is kind of shit. Um, maybe the first 15 minutes with it, him and his house and all that. Like Burns said, see when he goes back and everything's different, I didn't even remember what the family were like in the first place, like his brother and sister and all that. I didn't, it didn't have any effect on me really. I just, I just thought that his dad had turned into a fucking cunt at the end. 
I don't know how that was supposed to be positive. Hmm. I mean, like, they display at the start that Biff is a bad bastard because he's a bully and how he sees like his dad, right? What's the solution to that? What's the better thing to do? It's better if you're the bully. So, that's, and that's what happens. They go up and it's the opposite way. But his dad's bullying the fucking guy. So I don't know how that's supposed to be any sort of good thing. But that was, anyway. I, I did definitely feel that it was very incest-heavy based storyline, which was a bit weird to me. I think the, the thing that disappointed me, and this might be where the second one's better, because the idea of them going forward 30 years excites me a bit. <laughs> So I will be open-minded to this, Sean. Um, I feel like going back to 1955 could give you a lot of options for storylines and shit that was going on. And they spent the whole time with him and his Ma and his dad in a weird love triangle. Um, which I just... I feel like it was a bit of a waste of a time travel story. Do you know what I mean? And this, again, I feel like the future one sounds like it's going to be a bit better to go forward 30 years and... They're going to be saving their kids. I like that idea, but better than this idea of going back in time and then making your mom dash egg. It's just a weird plot to me. But I, actually, I like the way interactions with Doc and Marty. I actually quite like, uh, what's his name, Christopher Lloyd? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember all the things that he's done? I feel every time I see him, I think Uncle Fester for the Adams family. That's just all I think. His voice and everything. I just see that more than any of the other characters he's played. But no, he was really good. Um, it's a bit cheesy, but you expect that from mid-80s, do you know what I mean? So I give it a pass for that. It's exactly what I expected it to be. Um, Huey Lewis in the news blasting for most of the first fucking 15 minutes of the film. Like It just felt like you got Huey Lewis in the news, a minute of dialogue, back to Huey Lewis in the news, a wee bit more dialogue, more. And it was just a fucking constant. But... Um, I kind of lost it a bit for me when he goes into the big fucking guitar solo and that goes on for ages. It's like a full mm-hmm. song. It's nice piece in a movie for somebody performing a full song and like jumping about like that. That's good to be after that at all. Um, but I, I quite liked the bit at the end where he went to save him, but he couldn't quite save him, but he'd opened the letter, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of time travel movies don't do a good job at like closing off the circle of the time travel loop. And I feel like this does it quite well, as much as usually they're talking about plot holes. There's loads of things I didn't like about this, but I actually think the way they do that and the way it makes sense is actually relatively good for something that involves a car going to 88 miles an hour and going back in time. I think it's all right. Um, the one thing that I thought was weird, when he first goes back in time and he crashes into the barn, right? And the folk come out with a lamp and all that. I'm thinking, oh, he's back in like 1900. Or like eighteen fifty or something here, because mm-hmm. right? they're like, "What's that?" Like, I know it's a bit of a weird looking car, <laughs> right? But then you establish that they've got cars. It's a yeah. fucking car. Do you mean it's a bit of a funny looking car? That, that was super weird to me. Like, is it a plane? And then when I saw <laughs> that when it gets to the town, there's hundreds of cars. Like, why is it confusing for them? That annoyed me. Bye. I, I found that relatively enjoyable. Uh, film. I feel like if I watched this at the right age, I would probably love it. But and I do, and I get why it's likable. And I think watching the second one will probably tie into that a wee bit more because I feel like some of the more iconic stuff that I've seen in clips of this movie aren't in this one. So I'm assuming they're in the second one. So I will look forward to it when I vote down the line. So I feel like it will. Just watch the second one on like an Instagram reel or something like that. It'll just go to the best bits in one 30 second clip. That'll do you. 
no, no, I'm going to keep anyway, it. Anyway, I'll, I'll quickly give my thoughts before <laughs> Kyle brings more negativity to the table. <laughs> uh, absolutely love Back to the Future. It's going to have plot holes. It's a film about fucking time travel and a DeLorean that was made in the 80s. Of course, there's going to be plot holes. There's going to be things that maybe don't quite add up. Actually, I'm completely in disagreement with you about the first 15, 20 minutes. I love the first 15, 20 minutes. Everything that's said is relevant towards the future of the film and when he goes back from his from his sister saying that the conversation with, with the mum about when she said that boys shouldn't call girls, it should be girls that call boys or something like that. And then the sister says, well, how am I meant to meet boys? And obviously the mum said that she didn't like uh, thingy's girlfriend and then at the end she's talking about how she's got two dates when the brother says I don't want to hear about how many dates you've got to the mum obviously being off alcohol slimmer obviously the, the dad's more successful <laughs> you can tell they've got money and stuff like that now after obviously how the the future was changed by the by him punching Biff I just liked all that because it, it was all relevant to the first 15 minutes of the film uh, there's quite a lot of that throughout this there's wee comments and it goes back to it later on in the film. That, was, that is really obvious. I don't think any of us didn't get that. I just think that just made it boring because what you were doing is it became really clear early on that the stuff that's in his pocket and the lock and all the stuff they said in the first 10 minutes, that's just all the stuff that, oh, that's that and that's that. It's just so you could go, that's that thing and that thing and that thing and that thing. And it made the story really obvious. It was all going to involve those things. That was what I meant about it. Sorry. Uh, well, it's just because somebody said, I can't remember who it was, about how uh, they they were getting bored by the family talking and stuff like that. Was it Burnsy? Well, I just thought I just thought the first 15 minutes was boring. Not was it to do with what they were saying? It was just the scenes were just... Uh, I think as well, because I didn't know where the storyline was going at that point as well. Like If I watched that a second time, then maybe I'd pick up a lot more on the stuff, but I was just kind of uh, like... Uh, it's just that the, the ending part when it flips back to you, you see like the, what's happened after the change in it, like it's for, it's annoying because and Daniel touched on this earlier. It's made George McFly the bully, the bad guy, the dickhead. Because you can tell with the way that Biff is with him, he's essentially flipped the whole script. Through all those years, he's then bullied Biff. It's all that's happened. Well, I, 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 I would I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. That's Biff's. Work. That's his business. You've seen the vibe yeah, in the background. You see the, you see the way that he reacts when he's or whatever. You see the way that he reacts when he's spoken to and he runs at a, and he gets like he's submissive to George McFly because Aye. all because of that it's punch. Completely, obviously, it's no the kind of bullying that we seen at the first part, and obviously when when they went back to 1955, where Biff was basically flinging everybody about. Biff's got a job. He's in the cleaning industry. Or the polishing industry, it's on the van in the background as well. He's obviously spoke to him because obviously that just ties it in with the film how he was treated earlier on. I, I wouldn't say that that's something <laughs> that needs to be picked up on or a negative in the film. I, it's just it, it just basically goes all, all in one circle. That's just what happens with this. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. He goes for being to be a bully. but like I, I wouldn't say that it's a like it's a it's a negative of the film. Is what it's been kind of made out of. It just portrays the McFly family as being arseholes. For, for they start when you feel a bit sorry for them because everything is against them and he's getting bullied and stuff, and you've got a bit of sympathy at that point. At the end, you then didn't really have sympathy because it, the scripts flipped at that point where they're and not. I'm I'm not saying they're directly the same exactly as Biff, but 
they've then got that upper hand where they're a bit more affluent, a bit more arrogance about them. He can be a bit addictive if he can talk down, be condescending to them without any repercussions. And it just at the end, I'm like, oh, what a knob. Carry on, Sean. Nah, uh, I just was to round off like it's something that I used to love watching when I was young. Uh, I've watched all three of them countless times. Anytime they're on telly, uh, I'd watch it. I, it's just an easy watch. It's got its humorous bits. It's going to have plot holes because, as I said earlier, it's about time travel. Uh, it's just something that obviously isn't possible. Uh, so I, I just... It is what it is. It's, it's an easy watch. It's something you could sit down with the family and you could watch it. It's just... Brilliant. I love it. Next time next time you sit down with the family, sit down with your mum and reenact the scenes that the Martin nah, McFly nah, has. Sure, that's just nonsense, man. Right, come on, move on. What a load of pish you're talking, man. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that made me uncomfortable because it made me uncomfortable watching it. Hunter, let's come straight to you with your thoughts before I wind you up even more. Oh, so I am probably going to fall somewhere in between Kyle and so those that have been enjoying certain aspects of the film, I don't like five films very much as we've discussed before. And I think having probably spent the majority of my adult life having never returned to this, having watched it a few times as a kid, I was hoping nostalgia would see me through it so I could enjoy certain bits of it or enjoy more of it than I did. But I just find myself not really enjoying it. Oh, true story, the uh, fun fact is, I actually started watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I forgot that Back to the Future was one and I forgot the Ferris Bueller's one, so it was the third <laughs> 10 minutes in. I was like, oh shit, I better check the Insta to make sure what film actually Wow, um, that's a much better film. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> kind of wish I'd stuck with that and I'll tell you to just review Ferris Bueller's Day Off instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I don't know what, I just, I don't like, I mean, we, obviously we've discussed the various plot holes. I mean, for me, the one glaring plot hole is, obviously, his dad has now emerged from the time loop as this successful, uh, confident, um, loud, um, confident kind of character, where he's kind of got the family wants to dream house, whatever. But you got this, at what point would being this new improved um, version of himself? Like, how did everything else fall into line in the same place? Like, they still stay in the same town. They still had their kids on born yeah. on the, exactly the same days. He still stayed with them all after all this time. I mean, going by how he's been portrayed now, I think he'd be a bit of a top shagger. He's always just stuck with the. I know times were different back in the fifties, and that was your year of life for life, but. That, that, they always say when you ever other film you see about time travel or whatever, it's like if you change one tiny thing in the past, it can have a dramatic um, repercussions in the future. And this wasn't just a tiny thing that they changed, they basically created a timeline where their son was alive in their past. To the point where they even, obviously she says at one point, oh, Mario, I like that name, obviously so they then named the son mm-hmm. after this guy who helped them in the past, who looked... Funnily looks to exactly like that guy, so they must have said. So we're, we're talking about earlier on, or remember him. They've obviously remembered him enough to name their third child after 
Yep, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I won't say about too much more because I'm going to get shouted at. No, I disagree with that. I'm going to jump in then. So, like, if they like, just because you like somebody's name, as Daniel said, if you if you put all these people you've met in your life and you like somebody's name, I don't think you're going to think, oh, remember that boy for all those years ago? Why didn't we call him after him? It's just coincidence. That's the way the film would take it. It was more, it was trying to be more subtle. I know it, it's good to sort of, to the bit of show we saying earlier on about the start, it does kind of slap you in the face. It doesn't let you, it doesn't really let you figure much out for yourself. It tells you all the stuff it wants you to know. It's no subtle. I mean, um, so I agree. I, I think it, it seems maybe a lot bigger than it is, but in reality, they met a couple of times over the space of a week. Mm-hmm. And later on, years, sorry, whatever, six, seven years later, probably, that was going back 30 years. So you're talking, 13 years after this, yeah. they can, and they just like, oh, I like the name Marty. The, I mean, I, I don't agree with that plot hole analysis. I'm on this. Uh, Sean will be happy that I'll back him on that. They definitely named it after him. Yeah. I, maybe a wee bit, but just because uh, it's fucking for Nicky. Bobby, you go back to the original opening montage, and they remember so much detail about how they met back in the original 1955 that I've not remembered any detail about what was them getting together that like they remember I, as I said it's not if there was somebody who played that much a pivotal role in basically them becoming a family and having kids like getting together being together all that time I mean it's not as if you'd remember this person from back then like they remember Biff it's, it's such a small town they might go to me. Like, it seems to me there's such a small time that if one person came in and basically changed the landscape of time, that you'd kind of remember it. Like, it's kind of, it's one of those towns where. Kind you of just like, where, think so, right? Even if they do remember exactly what it looks like, right? As your son's growing up, you're not going to start thinking, wait, is our son becoming someone from the past? Then we met for a week. Your <laughs> son looks a bit like somebody I remember, but you're not going to start thinking, wait a minute, did you go to the past and put a get together by the time travel? Like, expecting you. I don't know. I, don't remember saying, remember, I, just, I haven't enjoyed the film as much as I thought I would. I went looking for. Do you know why that is, Hunter? Because it's pish. Because it's rubbish. But, oh no, do you have any trivia that can maybe put my score up for zero? I do. <laughs> the film um, was um, originally banned in the Chinese mainland as the notion of time travel was deemed as disrespective to history. So wow. the ban has since been lifted. Um, it has the world record for staying at number one at the box office at the day for Two, three months. Oh. So this is a, a, a trivia we touched on with the last film that we watched on Two Boys in the Hood. So Michael J. Fox is actually 10 days younger than his on-screen mother and what? three years older than his on-screen father. Aye, it's, it's, it's the same last that plays Bill and the same with his dad. Right. Um, so in the original script, um, apparently Doc and Marty um, were selling bootleg videos to fund the time machine however this was um, vetoed by Universal as they did not want to promote a video piracy 
No, those video pilots are bad. Get some terrorists in here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, it's 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 so I know we kind of touched on like the aspects that are maybe wrong or allowed to be wrong with this script, but this script was actually submitted over 40 times before Universal gave it the rubber stamp, so I can just imagine how horrific some of those storylines were touched on may have been in the earlier versions. Uh, there was a lot more incest going on in the 44 <laughs> scripts before that. And finally... Um, Thomas F. Wilson is a really nice man in real life, but not my words, the words of IMDb, um, who drew upon his own personal experience of being bullied as a child to help create the best persona. Now, if I can take one positive from the film, it's the fact that I think that the use of the word best must have been generated from this film. It's a word that we still use uh-huh. to this day. So uh, but in Scotland, you use best to mean like an idiot. Like, I think it's just a name over there. Like, and usually it's used for kind of big bullies and that in films, but I uh, we use it. But always Beth means like idiot, yeah. Well, maybe we're talking about um, second timeline, Beth. Well, that's really Beth. Uh, he's just the Beth that gets bullied. Maybe that's yeah. what changes it. This is going to be the interesting part, guys. IMDb has this as being the uh, 30th highest movie on its uh, top 250. Wow. It's got an 8.5 out of 10 with 1.2 million uh, people having rated this. Um, let's come to Burnsy for his score first of all, please. Um, a 3.75 for me. Better than Barrett Boys in the Hood, Jesus. Yeah. Daniel? Um, I, th- I feel like if I saw this in the 80s and the hype and that, it would be different, but it's going to get a 2.75 for me. Oof. 2.75. Wait, Sean? Point. It wasn't as bad as I was. As <coughs> I was really so a 5 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask, Sean, were you, all, were you always giving it a 5 or is it because it's going to get downgraded that oh, this is as a, and if you go back on the work chart today, you'll see I, I say to you, it's one of one of my favourite films. I, I just love it. I love the the franchise. Hunter, um, sorry for this, Sean. I just did not hold up in the present day for me as I hope that would. It's a one point five for me, Jesus. and I just feel all the hate from Instagram on my neck already. <laughs> well, I'll go one better than you, and I'm going to drop it down to a 0.75. So shit. I'll take merely the hit than you for that one, Hunter. So we have five coming in from Sean. I wonder where that will put it on the leaderboard in total then. That's overall a 2.75. 2.75. Sean, what's your initial thoughts on that? That's far too low. No, I mean, come on, this is not better than Cool Hand Look. I'm not like, I took it like a man. Oh, it's definitely better than that. No, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not arguing with anybody's score at all. It's whatever, you know I mean? You like what you like, but in my opinion, eh, a two, an overall 2.75 is too low for this. That's why I gave it a five, so I obviously would think it's too low. 
There you go. Well, this brings us in between Into the Wild and What We Do in the Shadows, uh, coming in at number 71 on our leaderboard. Uh, I do want us to get the second one because I'm, I'm very open. I went into this very open minded and I feel like I gave it a fair score. I'm going to well, go. I can't wait to watch the second one. I feel like Sean's very triggered. I'm not. Why? I'm not triggered at all. <laughs> I, I'm really. I've been serious. I want to watch the second one. Like I'd probably watch it out with us as well. Anyway, I've seen it that many times, but like it'd be good to watch the second one. I'm looking forward to watching the second one too, Sean. Sorry, I think, in my opinion, I, I prefer the second one. I think the second one's good. If I could score it higher than a five, I would. So you, can, you already know what that's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> just get that locked in. There. I know. I'll score it less. I'll, I'll give it. I'll just give that one a zero. Are you excited no. for what we've got coming up next week, Sean? No, not at all. Can't be asked for it, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Like, in all seriousness, I, I was excited to watch Boys in the Hood, and I was definitely in that mindset, Sean, of I really can't be asked watching Back to the Future this oh, week. It's just I, I just hate horror films. I'm terrified of horror films. The one thing I, I, just, I get zero enjoyment out of horror films. It's it's, it's definitely like one of the, like it's not just these particular films it's the genre of it it's I just get zero enjoyment and people obviously do enjoy horror films but that's I'm just predict, no for me whatsoever I'm going to predict that you're going to have a shockingly high score for The Shining so I think what you think it is is different to what it is and I see I, I'm, I, I'll tell you what I think The Shining is I don't think The Shining is an out and out horror I, I, I've never seen it but I, I get the impression it's more of a thriller like a creepy kind of thriller type it's not going like, to make me shit myself and jump out of my skin and that Correct. Uh, but this other one like for a start it's in black and white which I'm very narrow minded I know I am but and it's I just know it's going to be scary and creepy and I just oh, got lost well, I'm absolutely buzzing. The, the Shining is probably one of my more, like one of my top end movies of all time. Uh, yeah. It's a very good book as well. It's like it's one I've, I'm very invested in The Shining, and The Lighthouse is something we've actually we've mentioned a few times. It's been on votes, and uh, I've no idea what to expect. I've not even seen a trailer. I've not read anything about it, so I'm quite excited to see what what that brings up because. When you see who's casting it, I don't know how it's going to be a horror. Um, so this is what I'm interested to see of, of, of how that walks into. So that's the movies for next week, guys. We do have uh, The Shining and The Lighthouse, um, which again, a black and white film, Sean, but it's less than two hours, though, so it won't be too bad. Matt, doesn't they compensate in this, situation, in, in this scenario here? <laughs> it, it could literally be a fucking... 25 minute film and I would still be dreading watching it <laughs> it's like modern black and white it's not like an old old movie or that black and white black and white <laughs> <laughs> fair play fair play well before we go on to spin the wheel for for next week just want to give you guys an update on how we're doing with the podcast uh, downloads itself we are uh, slowly approaching the 1000 downloads so we're sitting at 927 downloads and we're steadily getting about 150 to 200 downloads um, every 30 days as well. So thank you very much for those that are listening. Uh, if you can please just like recommend us to some people. Um, tag us on some stuff on Instagram if you are uh, following our Instagram as well. And if you've watched these movies, tag us and comment on your thoughts, especially when the scores go up for Back to the Future, Hunter. Um, yeah. I, hope we're, I hope we're ready for this. Um, yeah. 
get get involved. If you've watched the movies of um, The Lighthouse and The Shining as well, either in the past or, or recently, let us know your thoughts on them as well. So guys, we've got the wheel up on the screen for you guys to see. Uh, is there anything that you want to get spun this week? Yeah, I'd love Sean, it. Sean, can we, can can we can watch back in the future too? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, uh, I feel like I've not had many comedies. I feel like a comedy would be good. Okay, okay, well, I'll shuffle it a few times and then we'll spin. <coughs> Let's have a look at that. I want Hunter to explain based on true events when that comes through. Oh, you're fucking <laughs> kidding me on. You're kidding Here me on. Here we go! <laughs> Come on! Get the fucking Kyle! Yes! Well, boys, it's no longer a vote, is it? We just choose our own film. So guess what two films we're watching? Yeah. Back to the future two and three. Oh, I... <laughs> yeah. That is brilliant. Uh, so that was a test run, guys. So we'll just do the next spin now. Uh, <laughs> we will right, see you next week. Goodbye and God oh, bless. Jesus Christ, man. Eh? Uh, so, guys, I never let you know, but I'm actually off um, for that time period. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll text you my reviews. That's fine. We can move it. I, I, I want you to be there for Back to the Future 2 so we can move it. That's fine. We'll move it. Hey, I'll be honest. I'm actually looking forward to this because as much as I found it, I didn't give it a terrible score. I relatively enjoyed it compared to some of you. And um, I was, I'm excited to see where the next one goes. I like where the story ends. I want to see what happens next. Like I like the way they ended it. Um, so I, I'm quite glad of that, Sean. I think for me too, it's like if we watch a, if we watch remember how we watched Kill Bill one and two, if we wait if we wait till now to watch Kill Bill two, I would forget everything that happened in one. I know yeah. sometimes it doesn't matter, but I like being able to it's still fresh in my mind to sort of compare it and stuff like that too. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Well that's spinning the wheel couldn't have been any worse. Um <laughs> it's absolutely fucking dreadful. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, we've rabbited on for a long time tonight, guys. So I appreciate this is a late one for most of you. Um, but that does bring us to the end of the stream. So we will bid you, morons, farewell. Bonsoir. Just nobody breaking the silence this week, no. 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 Fuckies. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.